check mic, check mic, one, two, one, two, and go. <laughs> Vipika Dim, welcome to Lost in Our 40s. This is a podcast giving Kenyan women a voice on growing up and liking it, or at least trying to. <laughs> I'm your host, Shiro, and each week we shine a light on ways we can try and make life work better for us. Grab your favorite drink and let's chat for a while. Karibu. Today we are talking about betas and our shadow selves. I promise if you keep listening, it's going to make more sense. Let's discuss something that you may or may not know. I'd bet on this being something that you're aware of at a periphery, you know, from a distance. You know the way you can see things without looking at them from the sides of your eyes. <laughs> something you're aware of from that perspective, but have probably, not probably, have perhaps not had taken the time to sit down and think about. This is the impact of the people in your circles. Your friends may not be your friends. Your family may not have your best interests at heart. Your workmates may be out to get you. <laughs> it sounds very dark and gray, but it is useful to be aware of the people who we have around us. That way we don't get um, terribly shocked when people do strange things. Yeah, to, to, to start this off, I'll give you a, I'll give you a story from for my own story when i was in primary school this was when i was in class i think five uh, yeah it must have been class five or six i can't quite recall anyway i had a friend she was almost my best friend we, we she used to sit behind me in class if i remember right let's call her tracy tracy used to sit behind me in class and we were good friends break time we were always together you know that kind of relationship that kind of friendship happy go lucky always always okay yeah then one day uh, we came back to class after lunch or a break or something like that and we found that my bag my school bag had been cut so it was a fancy bag <laughs> i had a fancy and unique bag i was very proud of it i was very happy with it it was the only bag of its kind in the school uh, <laughs> and yeah, so we came back to class and we found that someone had cut the straps, like maliciously cut them with a pair of scissors, like just across, as in the bag was ruined, it couldn't be carried. Well, it could have been sewn, but someone had just cut the straps. And I was so sad. I was so, so, so sad. And I think my sadness was partly, yes, because I liked the bag, but more because someone had chosen to do this someone had to some extent more or less attacked me because why cut my bag i yeah it was it was not a happy day for me and um my teacher called me to the front of the class and you know she was so so sad not sad but she was um what's this word she was trying to make me feel better and telling me she's sorry and everything will be okay and then she asked me if i think i knew who might have done this like, did I have a suspect in mind? And without a moment's hesitation, I named Tracy. Yeah? I had no doubt in my mind. I mean, at, 
I actually had no doubt in my mind that she is the one who had done this. And of course, there was no CSI. There was no investigation <laughs> to find out who the culprit was. But um, I had noted something about my friend. Somewhere in the recesses of my being was an antenna that said that there's something about this person that is off. I'd never had to do anything about it. I mean, what was I, 13? How old are you in class? Five, six. Yeah. So I'd never done, not th 13, six plus what, six, 12. Anyway, I'd never, we'd been friends with, and I think, I don't know if I treated her. I don't know what happened after that. I know she transferred from that school soon thereafter. Not because of that, because of something else. But the point is, to some extent, I was aware that there was something off about this girl. But I continued being friends with her. And that's a bit of the conversation that we're having here today. Um, and I'll give you another example. So not my own. This one is from Dr. Phil. <laughs> I read a book by Dr. Phil. And before you roll your eyes, um, Dr. Phil is the one for this daytime TV. What's it called? I guess it's called Dr. Phil, yeah? This, this guy who's been giving out advice, I think, forever. I can't remember, frankly, the circumstances that led me re to reading his book because that's not usually the kind of book I would... That's not the kind of book I would usually read. But it's called Life Code. In this book, he talks about uh, people, he calls them baiters. Baiters are backstabbers, takers. Uh, I should, I'll, I'll write down the list in the show notes of what exactly those people are. And he says, he, he gives his own example that um, he was running his office and he needed a secretary. So the sweetest, most wonderful, amazing woman... <laughs> <laughs> came up for the job and she was so so good you know she was everything was running like clockwork and she was so sweet and um you know everything was fine and great then he calls it like a stroke of he, he doesn't even know how to describe it as in it's so unlikely one day he picked up his phone in his office and it was tied up with the other line so the people who were talking on the other line did not hear him picking up his phone. And I realized that <laughs> this this might be a foreign concept for um, younger people who have mobile phones. So this is a landline. So when you had two landlines in the same house, say, when, when one person is on the phone and someone takes up the other receiver on, you know, of the second landline in the same home, you would usually hear the click. You would know that someone else has come on the line generally speaking so in this case nothing happened there was no sound and i mean he was going to return the phone he was going to put down the receiver because he he's not the kind of guy who wants to be listening to people's conversations but something caught him he realized that it is his um secretary so, sorry this this nice lady that he hired she was having a conversation with her husband and the reason the reason he didn't put down the phone is that he heard the husband say something along the lines of, tell me you haven't done this again. Tell me that, I, either way, he, he kept on the line and it turns out that the husband was admonishing the wife for having stolen money from Dr. Phil. And he was gobsmacked. He, he thought everything was fine. 
So after listening to that conversation, he went into his account and found that all his money has been drained. Everything, nothing, nothing, nothing is there. There's no money in his account. And this is a business account. I can't remember what business he was running, but there was nothing there. And I think he did a bit of digging and found, and I don't know how he dug, but either way, he found that um, uh, bills have not been paid. So he set up a meeting with um, his secretary's husband because they had met before to just try and ask to find out what's going on. And it is from this conversation with the husband that he also later confronted um, the woman herself that he learned that this woman had embezzled all his funds. She'd pretend she'd come to the office smiling broadly, but over a period of time, she had been siphoning funds from his account, not paying the bills, hiding the letters that are, you know, requesting um, payment. And, and she'd come to the office every day and smile at him. And he learned from the husband that that is something that she had done before. She had this for whatever reason it's just that <laughs> that is the kind of person she was and he was so it's a, it's 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 the shock the upset but i think it was more the how could he not have seen this coming how is it possible that this woman has been coming into his office and smiling you know from ear to ear asking about his children you know they've been visiting the families became friends they've been visiting each other and yet all that going on at the back this woman is stealing his money yeah so what he did he did a lot of research he, he was upset he did a lot of research and then he came out with um this thing that he calls betas it's just tagging all these people uh to these people who are likely to um to 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 go off on you these backstabbers these takers though the person who shall steal your husband wife boyfriend girlfriend you know that kind of thing and something interesting that he says is that you know, not that you know, but you, if you listened to yourself, to your inkling, to your body, to your intuition, you would have a sense about these people. So back to my example, the sense I had about this girl that I had never aired because there had never been an issue to do so is the sense that he's talking about. And he actually gives us homework. In that book, he says, write down the name of everybody you know, everybody. Group them. Group them. Family, workmates, friends, churchmates, bingo mates, <laughs> uh, golf mates, whatever it is you do, just group all of them. But 100% of the people you know, write them down. Then go through that list one at a time and sit quietly with yourself and ask yourself, what feeling they give you it is it is not it is not scientific <laughs> it's not um it's not something that has a formula but the point is that you you know you know your body knows your intuition knows that there's something about someone and more likely than not it's especially those ones that you can't put a finger on they've never done anything wrong there's absolutely no reason for you to suspect them you know so and probably because of that you've never done anything because you've perhaps once or twice had a feeling about it but never never did never nothing has ever come of it and so because of that then you've just maintained them as friends or you know maintain them in your life and 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 um 
the guidance is you you don't need to throw anyone away don't be scared i'm not telling you to cut anyone off but if you are aware put a star next to their name yeah so shiro me put a star next to shiro's name because shiro makes you feel a sort of kind of way hmm? and what he's saying is that this this is like a warning system for yourself such that whenever then you're dealing with Shiro with a star by her name then you are um conscious that there could be more to this you start handling your 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 interactions with Shiro with a bit more care and if Shiro is someone who makes you feel a certain kind of way and you don't have to interact with them then don't you could reduce your interactions limit them or close them off altogether yeah um and i want to tie this in with uh robert green in his book uh what's it called the laws of human nature so he talks about um envy and i found this so fascinating this is a book i'm reading now he talks about envy and he says that um envy is this so and envy he doesn't say this but envy is like a step ahead of jealousy being jealous of someone and being envious of someone the 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 difference is perhaps the malice when you're envious of someone there might be malice tied to it so, ah good we go back to the example of um uh, tracy tracy in my primary school it could have been that she was envious of me or 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 of the bag or something like that so it's this added step to harm that makes it much more um dark makes it much more uh malicious that malicious intent that ties up to envy and the interesting thing he says about it is the way uh, people are wired is that once um you are envious of someone you yourself do not necessarily recognize it immediately so there might be the initial pang there might be the initial you know you look at um what you look at someone with red shoes <laughs> looking lovely in her red shoes and immediately your mind will 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 probably register something but what you'll tell yourself is that a red really doesn't go with her outfit yeah you'll tell yourself that who wears red shoes so the the narrative that you give yourself is not one of envy which means that even internally for the envious person it is difficult for them to realize that they are envious and i found that absolutely fascinating this means that we cheat ourselves that is the long and short of what i'm saying we cheat ourselves in in our mind so if you've looked at someone you know had a quick commentary in your head about someone you've looked at today because i guess we do this a lot it it could be that whatever it is that you have told yourself about them is um mirroring not mirroring is is blocking is is reflecting away your actual uh feeling about it it could be that you've always wanted the confidence to wear red shoes so when you see someone wearing red shoes you you know you 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 banalize it or you you demean it and give it a context that it doesn't actually have 
And it's interesting in terms in that a lot of the things we um, we judge, I don't know if that's the right word, criticize other people for, depending, of course, on what it is, especially these ones which are this high level. Like, like if we go back to Tracy, it might have been something about the bag. Or rather, Shiro is um, showing off with this bag. It's, you know. It's not that good, and why does she keep showing off with it? Daddy, daddy, da. I'll show her, and then cuts it. Mm? So, this again is a super um, roundabout way to expose the fact that we, you and I, could also be one of these people who does. Um, bad things, <laughs> if we call it broadly that. It's not always obvious. If if we don't take the time to look at ourselves, it's not always obvious to us that we are the, um, what do you call it, the, 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 the bad person in the story. That we are the bad friend. That we could be the person that's letting down a particular relationship. Um, and it could be different, it could be different, uh, the different, we could be different to different people. So in maybe 90% of your life, you're, you know, the angel. And in 10% of your life, you're the devil. Very strong imagery, perhaps I should choose something else. In 90% of your life, you're the good one. And in 10%, you're the bad one. It's just that this element of bad can be super strong. Because bad people do live among us. So in the Dr. Phil example, he was talking about these ones who are, you know, borderline psychopaths and stuff like that. These ones who are really, really terrible. But I'm taking it a step further. And he, and he says even that, even those ones who are psychopaths, you and I could be a psychopath. So it just gives a description of things to look out for and asks if you have noticed this in yourself, but then you are, you know, you fall into that category and you should become aware of it. But what, I, what I'm raising is the, the even higher level. There's um, a friend of mine who once told me this and I found it so insightful because I was, I was giving her an example of a situation I'd been in where I thought I behaved um, poorly and she highlighted to me that it it was important for me to take note of that and to take note of the fact that it is possible for me to um, behave poorly. Because in the story I tell myself of myself in my head, I am the best. <laughs> and it's what we all do. We portray ourselves to ourselves as um, wonderful, great people. And it's it's a mention. It's also mentioned in this book, um, how to win how to influence and influence people, uh, by Dale Carnegie. He says one of the things to note is that even the prisoner, <laughs> even the people in jail, if you ask them the 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 story they have of themselves in their own heads, is that they are good people and something you know external went wrong. So this is a story um, that is a wake up call. A wake-up call externally and internally. Externally to look at the people around us so that they don't surprise us one day. It's never good for someone to do something bad to you. 
But it's just so much worse if it comes unexpectedly. Because if you have noticed that Shiro is doing something, or you've noticed, not noticed, you've, you've tagged Shiro in your list with a asterisk as someone who is worth a second glance, then maybe your interactions with Shiro reduce. And um, in Dr. Phil's example, he would not have hired Shiro to be his secretary. Yeah. Then the other side of it is to look at ourselves and to take some time, some time for self-awareness and to look at the different relationships that we have with other people and see if in certain circumstances there are things about us that, um, there, there are things about the way we treat people which is not, uh, which is not consistent with the story we tell ourselves of the people we are. Robert Greene in this book calls it the shadow. He says we have this shadow self that exists. It comes out um, once in a while. And he says we all have it. It's, it's because of repression. When we were kids, we were happy-go-lucky. We could do everything we wanted to do. Then when we started becoming aware, uh, perhaps at the age of around seven, when we started becoming aware of our circumstances and society and how to blend in, if you were predisposed to, well, I don't know what example, anything, drinking a lot of water. (laughs) Take a safe example. If you used to drink a lot of water all of the time, then you realize that it's not okay because then you need to pee all of the time and people look at you strangely for drinking a lot of water. Then you stopped drinking water. You You started gravitating more towards the norm. So in everyday things, maybe you're mean, maybe you're... Maybe or I don't know what it is. So in, gravi- in, in gravitating towards what everyone else does, we find that there are elements of ourselves that we have repressed. And these then come out every once in a while. We might find ourselves surprised at something we've done unexpectedly. But it's because this, this, this hidden, this shadow side of ourselves exists and must come out from time to time. So what Robert Greene suggests is that we need to, def- to to befriend. I don't know if that's how he puts it. But we need to bring this shadow to the light. So if the problem was drinking too much water, if you used to drink... Um, no, no, that's, that's not a good example. Uh, if, if, if you're mean, then take up boxing. Because then you can take out your meanness in a way that is accepted in society. And then you can live as the full you. You bring the shadow to the light and integrate the shadow into your everyday life. And that makes you a more full, more rounded person. A lot of thinking. (laughs) And that's quite some homework for you as well. So thank you for joining me today. um, And um, have a good day. Have a great week. Have a good night, depending on when you listen to this. Bye-bye.